Hey, how's it going everyone and welcome to another episode of Backhand Banter. I'm your host Sean Mithil and today I'm going to be going into depth on the three ATP tournaments going on right now, Delray Beach, Rotterdam, and Buenos Aires. We've got a lot to talk about so without any further ado, let's get right into it. Alrighty then, now the first tournament that I'd like to talk about is Buenos Aires. Now, to be honest, there hasn't been much that has happened in Buenos Aires. It's kind of gone as people would expect. There haven't been many great matches. There haven't been many upsets. But there is one player that I would like to talk about, and that is Carlos Alcaraz. He is back from his injury, and he is playing well. Now, like I said, it's not necessarily the most exciting tournament. So if I had to make a prediction, I would say Alcaraz and Nori in the finals, as many people would predict, and I would say ultimately Alcaraz taking the win there. That is especially due to the fact that Buenos Aires is on clay, and I think that Alcaraz is going to perform better on clay than Nori will. And overall, like I said, not the most interesting tournament, so there's not as much to talk about. However, where I do need to talk about some things happening is Delray Beach. Now, I'd first like to start off by talking about some matches that caught my eye. The first one being Denis Shapovalov versus Michael Moe. Now, seeing Shapovalov lose to Moe was kind of unexpected. I would say that Moe didn't really do much that was mind-blowing, but he rather had some crucial shots at the right time, and Shapovalov had some poor decision-making and some unfortunate tennis at unfortunate times. This pattern was really the determining factor of the match, in the first set, when Shapovalov lost, it was some bad shots and decisions that let Moe take advantage of the opportunities that Shapovalov's mistakes presented, and the same thing led Moe to beat Shapovalov in the third set. It was just that trending pattern that allowed Moe to win the match. Now, another match in Delray Beach that caught my eye was Yoshihito Nishioka playing Mackenzie McDonald. And seeing Mackenzie McDonald beat Nishioka, some would call that an upset. I honestly really wouldn't because I think that with a guy like Nishioka, he can beat anyone and anyone can beat him, and that is especially dependent on Nishioka's movement and his defensive abilities in that match. If he isn't playing the best tennis as he usually does, you'll see him lose, and I mean you could say that for any player, but with Nishioka, it's especially important that he is able to move well and he's able to make everything because that is a big part of his game. Now, in the first set of that match, Nishioka was not playing so great, and McDonald was able to take advantage and finish points off to seal the first set. Then the roles reversed in the second set, and Nishioka found his groove and was able to stick in points longer than McDonald so that he could wait for the opportunity and pounce on it. And that was why Nishioka won the second set. In the third set, McDonald played a little bit better tennis than the second set. He was able to harness what he had done in the first set and just keep Nishioka running and always on the defensive end, and then he was able to break Nishioka down. Nishioka's tennis also wasn't as great as in the second set, and that, like I said, is going to be a crucial factor to every match that Nishioka plays. Looking ahead at what's to come, we have the quarterfinal set. Uh, Fritz vs. Manorino, Mo vs. McDonald, Jerome vs. Kecmanovic, and Radu Elbo vs. Tommy Paul. Now, as I'm recording this, one of the semifinals is already set, and that's uh, Kecmanovic versus Elbow. And I can definitely understand how Kecmanovic won. If I would have made a prediction before the match, I would have picked Kecmanovic. But I am beyond shocked that Radu Elbow beat Tommy Paul. But it just comes to show that anybody can beat anybody, and that sometimes unexpected things happen, and we have to be ready for that. 
That does mean though that there are still two matches that haven't been played yet as of when I'm recording this. Obviously, as this is out, I'm sure they've already been played probably. Um, I think that the Fritz vs. Manorino match is going to be very one-sided, and Fritz should come away with that pretty easily. But with the Michael Moe vs. Mackenzie McDonald match, it's going to be a little more interesting in my opinion, and it's going to come down to who will be more consistent and more patient. They will have to battle that out, but the person who waits for the right opportunity and doesn't make sloppy errors should come home with the win. If I had to pick one, I'd pick McDonald. Now, assuming my predictions are right, but again, anything can happen. I would say Kecmanovic playing Fritz in the finals and Fritz taking that. But now I think we should talk about, in my opinion, the most interesting tournament of the three, Rotterdam. The first person that I would like to talk about who played Rotterdam is Alexander Zverev. Now the reason is that he just came back from a six-month injury. For those who don't remember, Zverev was in the semifinals of the French Open after previously beating Alcaraz, and Zverev was locked in a battle with Nadal at 6-all in the second set after losing the first set 7-6. Then unfortunately, Zverev rolled his ankle quite severely and tore some stuff. I don't fully know exactly the details, but it was in his ankle and leg and stuff. Now, in Rotterdam, Zverev lost in the second round to Talon Griesbord. And so the question arises, when will Zverev reach that level that he was at? And I'd personally say that he's on his way, and soon, maybe by Miami or Indian Wells, or clay court season latest, I would think, he could be very close to where he was prior to his injury. He has already shown progress. He beat Sunwoo Kwan, who already won a title this year. Uh, if you don't remember, he won Adelaide. It'll just be a guessing game with Zverev because nobody can predict injuries. And oftentimes, we have seen that players with projected recovery times aren't always accurate because tennis players are constantly using their bodies, so sometimes that process is longer than usual. Right now, it's just Zverev needing to get more matches in to get into his groove where he feels comfortable. Now, Rotterdam has also given us a lot of great matches that have caught my eye, and I want to take a look at a few of them that are worth noting. The first one is Alex Minar defeating Andrei Rublev. Now, I find this a little unexpected considering that it is indoor hardcourt, a surface that I would think that Rublev would be stronger on due to his more attack-oriented game. Now, why did Demonar win? Well, first off, he was able to utilize his quick speed to put Rublev on the defensive end. He took balls that Rublev hit, and if they didn't attack Demonar then, Demonar would hit them big and deep so that he could use his speed to get to the net and put Rublev's ball away. Also, Rublev had sloppy errors that cost him greatly. Demonar was able to use his speed to cut off balls to put Rublev on the defensive end or even hit a winner. Essentially, Demonar wins by using his speed for offense rather than his shots. His speed allows him to control the points by cutting off balls, thereby reducing the amount of time his opponent has to get in position. This puts his opponent on the defensive end and allows Demonar to finish the point without needing to take major risks. Also, Demonar is able to put one ball deep, and then with the reduced time that his opponent has, he is still able to utilize the speed to get to the net and put away a volley. And I could easily see Demonar being a lethal force this season because his game style allows for him to still be aggressive while not having the biggest shots or being the biggest guy for that matter. Then, Demonar played Cressy after defeating uh, Rublev, where it was a little more serve and return oriented. But Demonar was still able to do both effectively, and he came away with the win there as well. And then I have to mention it, Demonar did play an amazing match against Dimitrov. It came down to a third set tiebreak, and Dimitrov ended up taking that. But I mean, Dimitrov also beat Herkoc in that really tight match. So props to Dimitrov for having such a good tournament so far. 
Now, the next match that I'd like to talk about is Stefano Tsitsipas against Yannick Sinner. Now, Tsitsipas was attempting to come to net every opportunity that he had, and this is because he doesn't want to have to hang around at the baseline where Sinner, who has a very strong offensive game, could get that opportunity first and hold Tsitsipas on a string. Instead, Tsitsipas wanted to seize every opportunity he had so that he could maintain control. And that's the exact, and that's the perfect strategy that he needs to beat Sinner. However, sometimes when he came to net, it wasn't the right opportunity, or he didn't take advantage of the weak ball properly, resulting in Sinner being able to take advantage and pass Sitsipas. Sinner was also able to bring Sitsipas into net using his craftiness, which gave Sitsipas no choice sometimes but to come into net. And then Sinner was set up perfectly to put away a volley or a ground stroke and take advantage of the point that way. One crucial aspect of Sinner's game is that incredible forehand, which he used quite often to break down Tsitsipas at the baseline, and superb serving and returning from Sinner enabled him to start off the point with the advantage and oftentimes finish the point with the shot following his serve or return. And then one last thing that Sinner does so exceptionally is that he is able to defend the court so well, and he takes that defense and he turns it into offense. It's a culmination of all these things that allowed Sinner to walk away with the win there. Alright, so looking ahead, we have Medvedev making it into the semifinals and he'll be playing Grigor Dimitrov. This should be a great match due to the fact that Dimitrov is playing exceptionally well. Medvedev beat Felix Auger Aliassime to reach the semifinals, which I thought would have been a little bit closer. What happened was that Felix was tight in the points and when the opportunity to play offense or put the point away presented itself, he wasn't able to capitalize. So the defending champ will not be claiming the title again. Then on the other side of the draw, we have Yannick Sinner playing Talon Griekspor, which Sinner should take relatively easily. I'd say in the finals, it's going to be Daniil Medvedev against Sinner. The reason I say Medvedev is because he has a 4-2 record against Dimitrov, and the last time Medvedev played Dimitrov was last year in Vienna, and Medvedev won that. Vienna is indoor hardcourt, just like Rotterdam, so I have Medvedev winning that match against Dimitrov. I also think that Medvedev will beat Sinner in the finals because Medvedev is 4-0 against Sinner and the last time that he beat Sinner was in Vienna last year, again another indoor hardcourt, and every time that Medvedev has beaten Sinner has been on indoor hardcourt. But regardless of the outcome, Rotterdam for sure will be an entertaining tournament with some great matches. But anyway, there's a lot of action in the tennis world right now and some great matches, especially in Rotterdam, so I'd keep an eye out for those and other than that, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.